Hi, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. I guess I should be looking at this way. But uh, it's episode 400. I'm still doing my own effects here, I guess. I guess I'm live now. Episode 400. The biggest question I get to this day is, Hey Jim, are you still doing that podcast? And here's the answer, episode 400. Yes, I am. Uh, the listenership has not gone up that much. I don't know. It could be my quality of listener. I don't know. Uh, quality, not the quality of listeners, the, the volume of listeners. And that's the quality of the show that I provide. Maybe I have to up my quality. Maybe I, I don't give people what they want. But... It's a show that I I still endeavor to do, Keys Bartender. It's been going on since it's episode 400. I'll give you a brief history. It started in April 2017, four years ago. Started with Connor Barrett. We did the first couple episodes from the porch of his house. And we did, after that, we did live shows from the Catch Restaurant in Key Largo. And uh, we, we have a modicum of success in the beginning. I was doing the show for a while, and then I started, uh, Bill Wissinger joined us. He's the one that provided the soundtrack that you hear in the beginning. And uh, we thank Bill, and he was also a co-host of the show for a couple years. He's still around. We're going to probably have them back, hopefully, if they're willing to be back. We'll have them back. The um, so we did the show, and then 2017 September was Irma, and it hit about 60 miles south of here, center of it. We got on the supposedly we we got away pretty easy in Key Largo, but we evacuated anyway because we had a couple days notice and we ended up going up to Lakeland, Florida. And that was quite an event, but you know, when I left, I took all my valuables as people do when they leave in in you know, having a hurricane approach, so we're, we were looking for high ground. That was my criteria for the family. I had my daughter, my wife, my sister-in-law, my dog. And at the time I was drinking, so we also stopped. And besides bringing some water with us and clothes and whatever food that we were going to take out of the fridge because we were cleaning out our fridge and we emptied the trash cans and, you know, we emptied out the the fridge, turning off uh, the electricity and turning off the power. But I did pack my equipment for podcasting. That's how serious I was. And we did remote shows from Lakeland as the hurricane approached. We did updates. We had Bill Wissinger on the scene in the Keys and also spoke to a guy, uh, Video Dave. He did a live show with us. And Chris Euland, and he was a guest on some of our early shows. You may have heard him if you ever heard a guy talk about... um, the marijuana laws. He's, he's big into the legalization of marijuana. I'm 
a believer in that too, but I don't necessarily do a whole show on that. But I've done other shows on the whole things where I guess I am infatuated with certain subjects, but not this case. So we did the show remotely from Lakeland, had the largest listenership of excess of two, 3,000 people per episode. People just trying to get some news of things coming out of the Keys. I guess if I had stayed in the Keys, I would have gotten more. But I wasn't willing to risk the family. I was saying, hey, Jim, you were pretty sure you were afraid. No, I was, I was afraid about my family. I, I would have, I'm lazy enough to have tried to weather it out in the, someone's concrete bunker. It is nothing. We went through some semi-hurricanes here, and there's nothing like having 10 hours of high winds blowing by and hearing that. It's, it's hard to sleep. So we did the show from the lake, uh, from Lakeland, and then we came back and we did uh, shows here. It took me a week or two to come back, and then we ended up going to the Blackwater Siren on Blackwater Sound in North Key Largo, right as you come in. And we did shows from there. And I did those shows with Bill Wissinger, and then we had uh, Luke Glenn. And if you see the pictures of the early shows, you see two guys that look like they're from the Smith Brothers Cough Drops. And uh, we all, they brought me, if anybody wanted to know my age, when you see the, those guys, you realize that we are, well, I mean, I guess I do look old. I am in my 50s. But uh, those guys with their long gray beards and stuff like that, they're really pushed the edge up and I think it hurt me with the demographic but I didn't give a a fuck about that so I'm just uh, happy to be have been doing the show at the Blackwater Siren and I appreciate the owner doing it from there and then after a while I realized I just needed to do a show instead of trying to look for a location because doing a location you're more concerned about your location than the content and then I got a little more concerned with the content. Obviously, right now, I was just doing it on the wing. And as you can tell, the one person is probably watching. Um, the con- it's, I try to be content-driven. And the 400th episode, this content is going to just be about the show. So we moved the show from the Blackwater Siren. And I started doing it from a friend's tiki bar. And uh, Jenna and Tyler Kelly, which was a mile north of us. And we did it up to episode 250 These for about a little over a year. We did that show from the Tiki Bar. We did about two, two shows a week. And then what happened last year? It was 2020, right around this time, a year ago. I think we were at episode 250 maybe. Uh, 2.30, who knows. But then COVID happened and we started doing remote shows. I had to figure out how to do this from Skype, do the shows, uh, bring people in, bring interviews in, and and try to continue doing this. I ended up cranking out about three to four shows a week. And that got the numbers. A lot of people suggest that when you're putting out a lot of shows, your quality kind of takes a hit and I have to concur with that because when you're just doing shows for the sake of doing it it's just like you're just waiting to hear the sound of your voice 
So COVID starts hitting us, start doing remote. I'm doing it from my, as you can see right here, I'm doing it from my kitchenette, my kitchen in Key Largo. We're looking probably, I like to do it from the, the catch restaurant. We have a nice tiki bar there. I like to do it and maybe do a 15 minute news from Key Largo and then we go into the uh, Key L Keys Bartender Show. Now, as you can tell by the listeners, it's, uh, people watch on Facebook Live. Yeah, this isn't too exciting. I understand that, but I'm just, if you're a fan of this show, you may want to see this. So I'm doing all these shows. I have this idea, and I still never got to the point of the show, doing the show where I wanted it to be a variety show. If you're a fan of NPR, National Public Radio, or PBS or things like that. You'll, you've heard of a little show called The Prairie Home Companion. And for certain people, it's not. it was very entertaining. For me, I, I love the amount of effort the guy put in it to create a show that was from a fictional town in the Midwest, someplace in Minnesota, I think. And they used to have folk music uh, since it was public radio they had made up commercials you know it was about some we think and it was very pg or g rated they may maybe there was a little innuendo so the difference between us and them besides maybe the talent which they had they had really good talent really good voice talent they had singers folk singers i had i had music too but not too often because first of all i have issues with my sound I always had issues with my sound because I'm not a tech guy. I'm not a tech guy. And it's been a learning experience for me. Right now I'm using, if I can probably move this over, I'm using a, I'm going to put the snowball mic. And that's a powered mic. If you heard our shows from the Tiki Hut and from the different bars we did, we used dynamic mics, which were passive mics. And sound is always the issue of people saying, hey, you know, your sound really sucks. I hate hearing the buzz in the background and things. I agree the same way. I just don't know how to edit it out. And I just try to set up the, the tightest, most cohesive sound I can do. Now, as I was doing the shows from the COVID shows, we, we ended up having some reporters, some um, the mayor of Key West, and it's the middle of the presidential one. It was the middle of the uh, the primaries, right, before the summer. And, and I came down, you know, people, if they didn't have any doubt, if they had a doubt about my pol political proclivities lie, they didn't after listening to those shows because I came out hard. And, they, you know, it was COVID. What are we going to talk about? Now, now we're... It's episode 400. We're moving beyond that. The vaccine's there. It's still going on. It did not disappear. But we're still dealing with it. I deal with it at the uh, restaurant I work out with. And we've heard it in previous episodes. Yeah, I've had two shots. I work part-time at a hospital. I also, in, in December, I had an operation. I don't know. That was a big deal right here. I'm going to show, if you're listening, 
I'm, if you're listening just on the podcast, you won't see this, but you can go to the Facebook page and I'll post this on the Keys Bartender. I'll show a picture, but there's the scar right there where they removed a tumor that was the size of a walnut. And they kind of hid the, you know, you could probably see it better now, but uh, the, the when it first came, it was pretty ugly. He had a, a drain here and all that stuff. But the only thing that slowed me down with that was because it had a drain in it. It's really hard to talk when you have a tube coming out of your neck down. And it's gross. I didn't want him. I didn't want you to see that. Now, I guess that's my vanity. That's my vanity. I didn't. I didn't want that uh, tube coming out. I didn't want to have that liquid going down. But through all that, you know, it was a couple times I had some gaps in the shows. I. Uh, it's harder to get nowadays, as with COVID, people have different motivations on what they want to do. And it's harder to get guests on. It's harder to schedule because people are doing things at different times in the day. I don't know ex- exactly why scheduling has become a problem. But, but since people have been working from home, and I'm a bartender. I don't work at home, but I do this from home and I do my notary work from home. But the rest of the stuff I've got to do in place. And I have a set schedule there at work. But when you're working from home, people have a tendency to expand their work availability and uh, I'm sure that people are seeing a lot of different things going on right now right now I don't have anybody watching but I'm going to still do it just because it's the 400th episode and I want to have a copy of that and with the 400th episode I want to talk about the things I want to do in the future I want to do the live show where I can bring in a certain number of guests. You can't just come on there. I'm not bringing on guests just to fill time. They got to bring something to it, and some some interesting stories. As long as they have an interesting story, something from the keys, or some interesting story how someone got to the keys, like myself. People always ask me. They say, "Jim, how do you? Where do you come down here from the keys? Did you come here down here to escape the cold?" No, I did not come down here to escape the cold. I came down here because I was getting separated. And my wife asked me to move out. And I had a friend down here, and I thought, what could be better? Why don't I come down for a couple months, bar 10, and decide where I would go on from there? My intentions were to go someplace else. I was thinking New York City or something like that. Just changed my life around. I didn't have any children, so it was an easy decision. Not having children, and I that sounds selfish, but I we tr- we tried to have children, it didn't work out. But not having children, I was able to leave and not look back. And when I came down to Keys, I thought, well, oh, there's no way I could stay down here. I'm not a I'm not a fisherman. I'm not a boater. Even though I like going on a boat, I like swimming. I don't have a problem with that. But then I every time. I thought I had reached a benchmark like three months, six months. Like after three months of being down here, uh, three and a half months, I stopped drinking. And I got sober down here. Well, once I started getting sober, I decided I don't want to move any place until I had at least 90 days. And after 90 days, I had a little over six months. I had dated a couple girls, had a good time, 
you know, and stuff. And they said, well, you know, everything's going good down here. Why don't I just stay down here? And the life got better. I ended up meeting the, the woman I'm with now, my wife, Abby, and uh, the love of my life. She had a daughter. And um, we're, I'd like to say we're a happy family. We are, we are a happy family. That's why I like to say we're a happy family. I don't want to say, I like to say we're a happy family, but we're not. We are a happy family. But every time I thought it would move, once I met Abby, I wasn't thinking about moving. Until, unless she suggested that we move. She's from Poland, but she's been a U.S. citizen for years. She was a citizen before she met me. And we've been going, uh, every couple years going to Poland. She goes a little more frequently than I do. I did a couple short episodes from Poland though it was really hard to do the shows from Poland because there's nothing that I guess there's just the context of doing an English show from Poland I wasn't like one of those YouTubers that do one of those vacation shows and they tell them you know show them the places that you go and things like that which I could have done because at one point I have some episodes well, not episodes. I have some video of us in a cave. And God, God damn it. A cave is the worst place to be if you have a slight claustrophobia. And if you're big. Because the caves, the openings of the cave, they say, well, most people can fit through this section. You know, there were low covering. I mean, there's some sections of the caves where it's that much difference. you got to crawl through that. And there's nothing, it's not like walking through a tube or something that has some ply. It was solid. There's nothing like being stuck in something solid. And it's got to, oh. I just, I, I, you know what? It's not the most natural place to do a, a recording from if you're not that comfortable. So here we are. I'm doing the live show. I'm not moving. I'm in the keys. I come up with the idea to do a podcast. And though everyone's doing a podcast, at the time, there's currently probably a million podcasts on, or it have been at least a million. There could have been two million podcasts. Most podcasts don't make it past the seventh episode. This is my proof that I can stick to something and continue doing it. But fortunately with the num unfortunately with the numbers, I haven't been able to break into the a wider audience. And I always had this theory. And I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna hit this theory again. I only need point one percent. And that's one of a thousand of the people that listen to podcasts to make the show successful. One of a thousand. But what I have to do is I gotta get access access to the one thousand. You know, th- um, a thousand of it. So if there's worldwide in English, if there's 60 million people who listen to podcasts in English on a regular basis, 0.1%, um, 1,000 would be 60,000 listeners. Right? 60 million, 1,000 of 60 million is 60,000. One of a thousand. That is, there's no egoism there. If you understand math, if the people that are egotistical are people that think that everyone loves them, 
not everyone loves you. Not everyone likes the style of the way you talk. Sometimes people don't like the way you look. They don't like your point of view. They have, they find fault with your logic. That's all those things. But all you need to find is that one in 1,000 to find you entertaining. They enjoy your voice. They find you funny. And they say, hey, I may have learned something. It's one of a, one out of a 1,000. And that's all I do. So every time I do the show, I'm kind of like asking. I say, listen, if you like the show and you know people of the same ilk like yourself, that's... Let's do it. Hey, people found on the on the internet, they find the weirdest things with people. They find people that are furry fetishers or people that like drinking yak milk. There's all different groups on Facebook. You could do anything. There's people of the bizarrest types of sex uh, things where people... Uh, are well bondage bondage is huge right now and this past summer we had a dominatrix from Scotland on her and I'm in I almost had her on last month again but I had trouble once again with technology with the Windows update and it inhibited me recording sound internally through Skype I didn't I didn't know how to figure that out there's very little I'm adept at doing when it comes to technology. But I had this Scottish dominatrix who's very sweet. Who's very sweet. You always think, hey, Scottish dominatrix. That's good. You're going to talk about something kind of funny. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to copy uh, Joe Rogan or, or Howard Stern, who I admire greatly. But I purposely stopped listening because I don't want to be derivative. So the Scottish dominatrix, I started talking about the other things they do and what she talks to them about, what's comfortable, what's the comfort zone when it comes to being a dominatrix? Who who you're gonna, who who's your audience? What do they give you? How do you make money? And this is what she started really doing. The remote dominatrix thing was during COVID. I mean, people finding ways to make money. Obviously, Uber Eats. Instacart, all those other places came about. And why wouldn't there be a wider audience found? Because it had existed. People were doing the remote sex things. You got um, OnlyFans. There's a new thing, OnlyFans. That's where women go on. I imagine men too. And they do types of sex shows for people and stuff like that. Um it's, it's, you know, everyone has to learn to make a buck with what they have. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm doing this for other reasons. Obviously, it would be nice to have an opportunity to make money. But I don't think I'm going to go the only fan route. Because I don't think you need to see the rest of this. I mean, the way it is. I want, I want to keep it clothed. Though I haven't taken care of myself. I lost some weight since I... Uh, Recovered from the uh, illness and uh, illness procedure. And uh, I'm thankful for all the people that stuck there with me and, and still listen to the show. And if they, do, like I said, I'm looking for those people to share it, expand my audience and stuff like that. I have a natural sponsors down here. I'm pointing down here as if you can see 
uh, if you're listening to podcasts, obviously you can't see, but there's natural sponsors, there's breweries, there's resorts, there's dive shops. There's all sorts of things that people do, and I'm trying to make it like a clearance thing. And people say, well, I want to hear about the Keys. Well, where are you going to find? Well, check out the Keys bartender. Well, hey, Frank, how you doing, buddy? I see my Frank Maricones uh, from Philadelphia watching. As some people come on, other people drop. This is recording. It doesn't really matter if I have 50 people on here right now. I'm only using the Keys bartender feed and input it on my natural feed. My natural feed. My wider feed, which was the Jim Haran feed. And so... These all these things down here. I figure Keys bartender, Florida Keys. I should put in hashtag Keys Life. Talk about it. Talk about how beautiful day it is. I, I guess I can do it at the end of the show. I'm gonna maybe walk away. Maybe I can do this right now. I'm gonna go and give you a brief shot of what's going off inside the house. Um, and for the podcasters, since uh, podcast listeners. There's no one listening to it live. I don't know if they're listening to it right, right now. But I'm just going to show you what it's like outside. You don't get to see this. And I'm still talking. So here's outside my front door. Okay. Here we go. Let's get the... Yeah, it's not all champagne and caviar here. Car just bought Got my hammock for a little downtime. Coming back, to, I'm sorry. I, can, I guess you can hear me from over there. Uh, noise. Well, the part of the thing getting sponsors for where people are coming down here and looking, doing a search, I learned what a hashtag is. I didn't realize that a hashtag was, I'm fixing the, hashtag was as important as it was. I, I understood that it was used as an identifier, but I didn't realize it was a flag. Meaning, if I put hashtag Apple, hashtag podcast, when people do a search on social media, that hashtag is an exclamation point, just bringing Highlighting that that's what the person who's putting that material on social media, that's what they're featuring as. Podcast, podcast life, keys life, uh, bartender. And then, so if I use the hashtag, hashtag appropriately, like if I put a hashtag and said, hashtag live sex, Right? I get a bunch of people looking for live sex going on, but within three seconds when they're watching it, they realize it's some old jerk off doing a uh, podcast and then talking about his fucking stupid operation. Or this bartender doesn't even fucking talk about drinks. And he's just, he's an asshole because he's telling people how to uh, wear a mask. So... I was trying to struggle to use the hashtag appropriately. And there goes my last listener. When I use it appropriately, it brings to the forefront what it the show actually is. 
And it's pretty much me, my stream of consciousness, I guess. I apologize for that. And some of you may be listening just to hear other people talk and things like that. I'd like to do that, but it's hard to rely on people to show up every week. And they're not always in the mood. They don't have the same drive. I'm not paying anybody. Why would you have anybody on the show? Some people would just go on the radio just for sake of going on radio. Just sit there and they say, oh, I have a lot to talk about. Here we go. This is what I had for in the morning. I had this. This is my coffee cup. This is a coffee mug. I put a little creamer in there. I drink it. Oh, that's too hot. I like to have a cookie. What the fuck, man? You got to make it a little more interesting than that. So I try to add a little value, talk about the keys, talk about tie-ups, how much time you need to, when you're traveling, when you don't down the Key West, where to go, staying on Deval Street, going to the smallest bar, checking out some of the places that... Uh, I find interesting. Now, there's other places other people find interesting, so that's a nice thing having someone that's from down here and familiar with those things. Let me take these glasses off. So, where are we at? We're almost at 30 minutes. The 400th episode, I don't know if it's going to be a memorable one, but my, I'm hoping that the next 100 episodes that we get out here, we're able to do more live shows, bring more people in, have some interesting topics. See, sometimes I'm thinking something's interesting. I don't know. I recently started investing in virtu- um, cryptocurrencies. I talked about cryptocurrencies over a month, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And I had an old friend of mine, Carrie Bender, she suggested, she goes, Jim, you got to get involved in this. This is the wave of the future getting in cryptocurrency. And I've been trying to understand what exactly is and how there's value behind these cryptocurrencies. They use blockchain technology. Now, I can see the visualization of block and chain, but I still don't know exactly what that is. And they use data mining to divert, to develop value. And right now... Bitcoin is up, I don't know, some crazy amount, $5,000, $4,000 for one Bitcoin. And there's Litecoin, there's Doge, there's all these different currencies out there. And these na- nation states, such as China and the United States, are developing their own cryptocurrencies. So I guess since... And people say, well, why would you invest in something you don't really understand that much, right? Why, Jim, if you don't understand what cryptocurrency is, why would you invest any of your money in it? I didn't invest a lot. I just I started investing. And I still use money, and I don't necessarily know how cash, how a reserve bank, they peg a dollar at a certain value. But how does that piece of paper have value? Does People don't really consider that. It used to be backed by gold. And gold had a certain amount of value. But once again, gold was perceived value, right? Everyone had to agree that an ounce of gold was $1,000 or $2,000 or whatever value that was. Or uh, an ounce of silver, 12 bucks, 15 bucks. There's an agreed upon value and it's, value fluctuates depending on the number people put on it. 
So I can understand why people wanted to get off the gold current, you know, gold standards, because if gold was at one point, gold was 800 bucks an ounce. And if there was a huge release of reserves, gold reserves, then the price of gold could go down. And when people stopped buying gold, the price could go down. And that would affect, if that's what your currency is based on, that would affect your value of your currency. Even then, there's so many nuances to that. Currency, economics, macro, this is macro economics and this biggest thing. And the guy that invented cryptocurrency, I don't know where the fuck he is, but I'm sure he's wealthy right now. And I just thought, hey, maybe I should get involved in that, just like I wanted to get involved in renewable energy. And it's probably, you know, if you really want to know how important renewable energy is, take a look at what the big fossil fuel companies are doing and investing in it. Follow the money. Or like General Motors is doing with their rollout of their electric vehicles. I, a couple of years ago, I got in an argument with someone on you know, on the show and they were talking about, hey, you know, you're not, you're with the electric car is not going to hit it big. Well, it's, I'm sure they said the same thing about the radio and television and sound and movies, talkies. They always said, no, it's a fad. It's just a fad. Cell phone, it's a fad. No, it's not. So emerging technology comes out, that becomes a thing. Some things aren't a fad. What was it like some of the things? Like the pet rock was a fad. Cell phone's not a fad. Uh, water, natural spring water, not a fad. People need clean water. But the special drinks like Gatorade and shit like that and energy drinks, fad. So podcast, not a fad. People can find out exactly what they want. If they want a show where they're just fucking talking about butt plugs, they can get a show where they're just talking about butt plugs or artificial vaginas. Whatever you want. It's there. So with this show, I think maybe, uh, you know, I have to go and expand my horizons because whenever I did a fake plug on a commercial, 30% of the time, it's an artificial, it's, it's a commercial about a butt plug. I don't know what it's about. Freudian slip, right? Who knows? Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. This is the 400th episode. I took my glasses off, so I can't really tell the time. Oh, 35 minutes. That's all the time I'm going to do today. I'd like to thank anybody that's listened to the show. I'm going to share this feed with my podcast page and my Twitter page and I'd like to thank all you people that are listening to the show and all the future listeners that listen to the show and if my you know the biggest gift you can give to me for this year 2021 we're just a couple months into it is to share it with people of a like mind of yours and if you have any suggestions just send me an email at jim at keysbartender.com uh, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Us. It's more a royal, uh, royal us. 
And every so often I will have other people on and stuff like that. But in order to keep on doing a show, I got to do a rain or shine, whether it's just me or someone else. And once I get the sponsors, I'll have a producer, I'll have a sound guy, and then we'll be styling. I'm going to put on the music right now. I'm turning off the mic on the podcast, but you're going to be able to hear me on Facebook. This is what I listen to at the end of the day right here. When at the end of the show.